All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Movie Review Crew Podcast. All right, welcome in, everybody. This is another edition of Nothing But Real Reviews and More. Just kidding. Oh, my God. You guys you guys are so... You, that's a throwback. Ha <laughs> <I> got you. <laughs> uh, this is the Movie Review Crew. For those of you who haven't listened, since haven't been listeners since the start, we actually had a, a different name way back in the day. But, God, that's yep. been, what, two years now? A year and a half? Something I like that? I think so. Something like that. That's crazy. We've been doing this for a while. I think we do it more for ourselves than anything (laughs) because we don't have this giant listener base that relies on our... But they're yeah, like, I, what movies we got to watch? You got to listen to the movie review crew. I mean, honestly, what it does for me is gives me an excuse to uh, set aside specific time to watch a movie because I've got a two-year-old. You need to plan well ahead. So uh, yeah. I, I think it's that to actually get to sit down and watch a movie and then actually get to hang out with your friends. Yeah, I mean, this is the only way be... you can hang out anymore anyways. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah. we play video games together, but like this is more of a, a face-to-face. I can see Mike's... Uh, Ugly ass hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that dude needs a haircut. <laughs> Bad. God, so do I. It's it's been nine months. Aaron, how, have you been growing it for nine months or? Um, no. You know, I think mine was before this COVID thing was really. How long has it been? Like nine months. Okay, it, so it's yeah. I think I went a little March. bit after. Okay. Before we were sent home from work, I got one because okay. I remember when we went for our our uh, camping trip. I had short hair. <laughs> Okay. So that was like February, or was it? You got sent home before uh, or after that? I don't. I I don't remember. Yeah, it's been. It I feels like it's home. been so long. <laughs> I got sent home the like the third week of March, and I got a haircut in like early February. So it's been it's been a while, dude. I can I can bun it again. I can put oh, it in. Oh God, a please bun. don't. But look at please look at don't. this receding hair. Like the viewers can't see, but I have like the epitome of like a widow's peak. Because here, let me take back. a picture so the next time Amber comments on mine, I can say, well, at least it's not. <laughs> at least it's not Mike, dude. Okay, so this is. Uh, I've been spending a lot more time on TikTok and and like uh, Instagram, both like creating content and just like, consuming it. There's this guy that has this toupee <laughs> uh, bro i want a toupee it he Just like for the two little parts on the side that <laughs> no like it's like glued to his head it's it stays on for like really? a few months at a time and like he has to go get the sides and the back sh- like shaved up and stuff and like oh, for- you know this sounds weird but i have seen that on uh an idiot abroad i think it was one of the shows with carl pilkington but yeah. they yeah they like glue it to the like they shave yeah. everything down the glue it looks so good and i was like it's real hair i know i was like that could be me i could be sexy again <laughs> yep you gotta you gotta do like lebron they'll start wearing headbands so right. nobody notices the slow creep and then just suddenly not have a headband right. on and you have right. the hairline back dude i yeah i saw that and i was like this is so great and I, I asked laura the girlfriend about it and she was like i think you're beautiful no matter what and i was like you think Ooh. it's weird don't and, you? and she left you a <laughs> gift card for the <laughs> for the service basically basically 
right. So, so one thing I did want to get to yes. uh, this, I don't know if you guys talked about last week, um, but HBO max had, oh. had, had had the plan to um, release all these new movies coming out uh, mm-hmm. in 2021. Um, same day as in theaters, uh, which I know Aaron was talking about it, got me interested in looking into HBO Max. Yep. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case anymore <laughs> because all these. There's, uh, uh, there's a whole lot of shakeup going on in the movie biz right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think everybody's just trying to find a way to make a buck. And I think I think you said Legendary was the one that's uh Yep. They're the ones out. that uh, sued to keep godzilla and dune from going to hbo max so that might not happen and then uh christopher nolan i know he has nothing to do with any of this but he weighed in because he's a big name in hollywood and and when he gave his arguments he's talking about how hbo max is the worst and this is terrible it felt kind of like a old man get off my lawn like okay this is just how it has to be but then more and more people came out with more reasonable arguments well, well he was the one he was the one that didn't want to put tenant mm-hmm. on yeah, anything. He he, really... he wanted it to be theaters mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, whether that, that was a work. good I mean, what a, <laughs> whether it was a good idea, I mean, that it's up to him. But you, I'd see a lot of these companies are going to start saying no if because I mean that's pretty much their way to make money is in yep. the movie theaters. So you guys are saying that these movies like Dune and Godzilla would effectively skip theaters and go straight. No, so the plan was they would be released into theaters and to HBO the same day. So, which I think is reasonable with what we're dealing with. I mean, I understand that. And uh, Denny V, who was one of our favorite directors on this show, who directed Dune, has come out and said, this will most likely kill the Dune franchise. There were plans to have multiple movies and a, a TV series, but he said that there's without that theater revenue stream, but it's like, even if you released it in theaters, normally you're not getting that revenue stream. See, my thing is why like movies that are early access on prime, you still pay for prime, mm-hmm. but you still have to pay for that. Why wouldn't you, if it's on HBO max, yep. set it for a price. If you put it down for 20 bucks on opening day, I'm mostly going to watch Dune on I, opening day for 20 I bucks. I would. I 100% would. I just no. don't know why HBO Max would be well, like, hey, we're going to offer this for this much money. I mean, this, you think movie theater companies would get behind that. This is the then you're getting argument, some money. This is the same argument we had with the Disney movie. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. What was it? Mulan. 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 Right, 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 right. But like, the, th- the thing we, is, we, that was like criticized- 35 bucks to get that yeah that was that was a lot more than 15 20 dollars you put it up for 20 bucks i mean i'm like 20 25 bucks that's the price of admission for me and my wife so i mean i'm right there for that i think the right price is 15 bucks you see that a lot with new releases i think that's something i'm willing to pay if it's a movie i very rarely do but if it's a movie i want to see i would pay that oh yeah more than likely I would wait for it to be rentable for four dollars, <laughs> but yeah, who knows? It's just tough to, uh, you know, you have to. I think it's irresponsible to put it in theaters and say if you want to see it, you have to go risk being in a crowd in the height of a pandemic to see it. But at I mean, the same time, they're losing money by giving it away to HBO. I mean, the perfect place would be like where Shane's living, where 
He literally has. <laughs> You're he, the only. He'll, he'd be the only one in the movie theater. I mean, that'd be yeah. the perfect way to go. But like, I mean, we live in a semi-big city. I yeah. mean, so did you just did you just call Shane's place where he lives a perfect mm-hmm. place for movie going? Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, right. he'd be the it only. Be the, he's the only one there. He probably I mean, can't even you... live stream something. <laughs> he can't he said he had to for the next episode for the sound of metal he said he had to download it and then watch it instead of stream it what a disaster (laughs) but anyways yeah digress digress. speaking of uh, movies have you guys seen anything lately um i did watch um i watch a lot of movies that carry picks um there's a new movie out with um god what's his name dan um the guy Not from, wrong. no, uh, <laughs> guy from Schitt's Creek. Oh, Dan Levy. Oh, Levy. Dan yeah. Levy. He's got a new movie on. Uh, it's not he, not necessarily. He's the main character. Uh, it's called Happiest Season on um, Hulu. Um, I'd say definitely check it out. Um, the director. Um, it's what Carrie says is a appropriate word. Uh, she is a queer director, um, and that's pretty much what this was it was a story a love story between two girls um, did levy help write it because he wrote Shit's creek right did yeah him and uh, him and his dad eugene i don't know if he necessarily helped but he's in it and uh i enjoy him as an actor just his antics his delivery is uh perfect so oh if you boy hold on it's See, got now uh, i just found out mackenzie davis is in it so and it also has uh what's her face Kristen stewart yep no smile um but mackenzie davis <laughs> i can i can uh, get some brownie points and say hey amber do you want to watch this romantic christmas movie <laughs> oh my god and uh, I get to watch mackenzie davis so if you get a chance uh if you're in that it's a new christmas movie uh definitely go check it out it was enjoyable there's uh, a lot of people in this yeah, so it's uh, just it's, the first few. So Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, you mentioned Dan Levy, uh, Mary Steenburgen. Uh, you would know her. I think she's the mom. And uh, I, I think you would recognize the dad. Victor Garber. Yeah, he, he's recognizable. Uh, Allison Brie. She's in a lot of stuff. So hmm. Aubrey Plaza. I don't much care for her, but people know who she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of big names. So definitely I'd say go check it out if you have a Hulu uh, subscription. Um, but that's about it. What about you, Aaron? Um, Christmas stuff. We watched um, Jingle Jangle is a Netflix Christmas movie uh, musical. And it stars Forrest Whitaker. It's a, I can't remember the director, but he said he wanted to make, uh, you know, how there's a big push for representation, which is you know fine with me. A lot of people are up in arms, but he wanted to make a musical about and starring black people for Christmas. Because oh, Keegan Michael Key. He said when he's growing up, you know, you know, it's all, you don't have that in the musicals, and he wanted to do it, and it was fun. It's not a great movie, but Forrest Whitaker's good. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, a little bit out of character, plays the, I guess the quote unquote bad guy, but it's a kids movie. It's a musical, but it's still pretty fun. Um, I did want to also add that I watched a movie called Chick Fight last night. Oh, boy. With Malin Ackerman. Oh, I'm in. Um, and Bella Thorne. Um, so, like, she is, like, down in her dumps, and then she gets into, it's like a girl fight club. Oh. Um, it wasn't bad. Um, 
if you're looking for a movie, just kind of put it on the background. I'd say that's the one, but all in all, I probably haven't seen a really good movie this week. <laughs> no, I, like I said, kids movies and Christmas movies. Yeah. Oh, How the Home Grinch Alone. Stole Christmas. Jim Carrey. That was good. Watched Home Alone. That was good. Oh my God. To, uh, I co- <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, yeah. I'm gets us all excited. Mike. No, it's okay, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because this is something I was going to tell you guys, but I forgot. So, Laura works at the zoo, and the animals at the desert dome uh, have like human names. So, like the, the meerkats are all of them. All of them. Oh like, Jesus! Some of the meerkats are named like Boris and like Sprocket and all these things. Anyway, <laughs> there are two. I don't remember if they were like wild cats or something like that. But anyway, their names are Marvin Harry, <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed out loud. And she looked at me puzzled. And oh, she was, didn't get the reference. I was oh, like, no. you have no idea what that's from. And she said. No, uh, why? You should have told her about the uh, the spree of, of the wet bandits on a, a Christmas in the 90s. Yeah, right? I, uh, I had to explain it, dude. And I was like, I what? actually saw an article. Uh, a doctor went through the whole Home Alone movie and like picked out each injury that both yeah. of them would have got. They're like, I'm pretty sure they would have been dead like three or four yeah. times over. So it's like, yeah. that's actually a pretty good yeah. article. Some uh, VFX artists actually went back a few years ago and like made them more gory. I think. Yeah, like R-rated uh, <laughs> yeah. Home Alone. Yeah, wasn't that the the uh, the same guys that do the? Oh man, I forgot. Like I, the VFX funny. breakdowns on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? I don't I know, remember who they. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about though. Corridor um, Crew, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's that's some funny stuff, though, dude. But Mike, what have you seen lately? Not a whole lot, in all honesty. Um, we've been we've been still going through Shit's Creek, which is very good. The writing continues to get better, which like it starts off very strong. But dude, that Eugene Levy Levy and his son are amazing. At oh yeah, writing. they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know the, uh, the daughter? Is Eugene? there a sister? Yeah, Bro- is, or da- a daughter. No, it's not the sister in the show. No, um, it's uh, the waitress. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Twyla. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I found that out uh, after we finished it. There's like a making of like the final mm-hmm. season, and it kind of talks about to all of them, and they're like, "Oh, this is such and such Levy," and I'm like, "Like I finished four yeah. seasons, and I didn't even know that." Yep, yep. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> We're in the middle of season five, and I think there's six seasons, so we're uh, we're chugging through that. But that's about like all i've seen lately in all honesty i spent a lot of my time editing editing for tiktok now so 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 i haven't been on in three weeks so like i'm my brain's going through like what i've seen in the past uh i finished the third season of ozark nice uh the season finale of season three made my uh brain just explode like i was sitting down watching it while playing out of the park baseball and i looked up and i was just like (laughs) Like my, yeah. my, my jaw just I, dropped. I so. keep meaning to see that one just because I like Jason Bateman. And I he's, like that so this good. is a little different than what you expect. He has his own little shtick that he does a lot. Yeah. This seems apart from that. And another one that I found on Netflix is a show called All American. Um, it has Tay Diggs in it. Um, it's about a football team from Beverly Hills. They get this kid from Crenshaw to come over and play. 
Um, I guess it's one of the top shows on Netflix right now. Um, I had never heard of it until I found it a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's a football TV show, and I quite enjoy it. Interesting. Um, you've seen Breaking Bad, right, Steve? Yes, sir. Which one do you think is better, Ozark or Breaking Bad? Because um, I keep wanting to get Laura to watch a new hour-long drama with me. And I love Breaking Bad, so I kind of want to go through it again anyway. For, for me, Breaking Bad is probably like the number one TV show I've ever watched. Okay. Like the first season is slow going. But like once you start getting into like the later seasons and start seeing like Brian Kranz, B, sorry, B Kranz, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. dude is nuts. Yeah, he is. Yeah, like he is. he is this the stuff he does in that show is ridiculous uh so it's still breaking but I, bad probably breaking bad but ozark's still pretty good all right all right maybe i will uh i'll try to convince her she wants to go through game of thrones already i think i've said this uh, before God, yeah and i'm like i, I mean even if i had the choice i'm not interested in breaking bad despite what i hear from everybody that has watched literally it. everybody but if my choice was breaking bad or game of thrones again i'm going breaking bad interesting interesting um all right guys anything else that you've seen lately or anything you want to talk about top of show no the town i think that's well yeah obviously (laughs) let's uh let's move into the town all right the town from 2010 it's a rated r film two hours and five minutes long crime drama thriller film a longtime thief planning his next job tries to balance his feelings for a bank manager connected to an earlier heist and a hell-bent FBI agent looking to bring him and his crew down. Directed by Ben Affleck and the story by Peter Craig and Ben Affleck, adapted from the novel by Chuck Hogan. The town mm-hmm. stars Ben Affleck, Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively, and that's about it. Right. Uh, you'll notice some other people like uh, Chris Cooper is recognizable. He plays Affleck's dad in the movie. Uh, Pete Postlewaite plays yep. the florist. He's recognizable. Oh, yeah. I That guy's a cool actor. Um, Slane, he's kind of the chunkier of the crew. He was in Gone Baby Gone with Affleck. Before um, Affleck. John Hamm is the FBI agent. And then you have uh, Titus Wellover. Uh, for anybody who watches Bosch, oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, is, yep, yep. is uh, also an FBI agent. Interesting. Uh, let me see some amount of names in this movie. Yeah, there are. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the town gets a ninety-two percent certified fresh from critics, giving it a score of seven point seven out of ten. Audience score of eighty-five percent, giving it a four out of five. The critics' consensus, tense, smartly written, and wonderfully cast, the the town proves that Ben Affleck has rediscovered his muse and that he's a director to be reckoned with. So, okay, I don't remember the... It says rediscovered his muse. When was... was This is 2010. After Gone Baby Gone, but before Argo? I I believe so, so. yes. Because that, I mean, I'd put... I think Ben Affleck's a fantastic director. He's not a great actor, but I think he's really good at putting a story together. So the town was uh, the first one. And then it says. No, Gone Baby Gone was 2007. Yeah. Then town 2010, then Argo 2012. I mean, you put those first three 
directing jobs up against almost any other director's first three movies, that's pretty dang good. Do you want to do that really quick? I mean, I wouldn't know off the top of my head if you want to find some famous directors. I mean, not a lot of people start off with their first one being Gone Baby Gone and having multiple Oscar nominations. You're right. Then you followed up with The Town. Argo was a huge hit. I mean, I'll have to agree with you. He's much better at directing than he is an actor. Yeah. Um, he, he tends to overact in a lot of the movies he does. Um, he's he's fine in a role like this, just kind of the blue collar, you know, don't have to show too much in the acting side. Just, you know, be Ben Affleck, blue collar guy from Boston, then you're good. My my issue I've always had with Affleck is it doesn't seem like he he does accents very well. Oh no, like isn't oh. he from Boston and still? It sounds not like a Boston accent. It's like his accent just seems uh, kind of iffy. Yeah, yeah. Even when we were watching it, my wife was like, yeah, "Ben Affleck's good in this one." I'm like, "Well." I hope so. I mean, he's just <laughs> being Ben Affleck. I mean, he's no Casey Affleck. But... Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of bad accents in this movie, did anyone notice John Hams? Oh, I, want, I didn't want to start off with John Hamm. We all know <laughs> how much John Hamm is. I like oh. John Hamm. I like John Hamm. He's I... so blah. I and like he comes in with this, and it's like, what are you doing? John dude, Hamm. Dude, I, I, I like him in a lot of the things that he's done, but this one, it's like hard Boston Irish accent and then completely just John Hamm in the yeah. next. Uh, I, I've never seen Mad Men, which I heard he's really good in. Yeah. But anytime he's in a movie, he, it just seems like he's not that great of an actor. Like he, He's fine if he's just so boring and forgettable, even in. I mean, uh, what's that? Baby great Driver. Movie? Oh God! <laughs> okay. Well, he's in Baby Driver, and that's what I was—that's where I was gonna go. Yeah. In Baby uh, Driver, he's like super over the top. It's just like, and it like, works because it's no. Uh, it he, Baby Driver what, is what's good, the, be, hotel not because movie. of him. Hotel Transylvania. No, gosh, the the one with oh. Jeff Bridges and yeah, oh, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah. Yep. He was in that. And he was in there in a limited role, and it was fine. It was just boring. It's just what John Hamm does. Just forgettable. Yeah. And you want to talk? Okay, <sighs> let's. While we're on the subject of acting and accents, let's talk about Blake Lively. What is she doing? She's bad. What She's is bad. she doing? <laughs> she. I used to have the biggest crush on her back, like starting when she was in Accepted, and. Well, let me say though, story. to be fair to her, I think she was completely miscast sure. because she is a very good-looking person, and she's supposed to be playing this trashy, you know, well, awful but... mother into you know all she wants to do is party and do drugs and drink. And I picture somebody more like remember in Gone Baby Gone, they had I think it was Amy Ryan played the the almost the same type of character, this trashy mother that, and she played it awesome and then you got blake lively who plays it unrealistically she doesn't look the part she sounds 
unnatural, like a person acting, like a, a cartoonish over-the-top portrayal of this trashy Boston mother. It just didn't work for me. Well, I, I kind of, yeah. I, but okay, so I think th that goes hand in hand with if you think that's a miscast, then you must think that Ben Affleck's miscast because if he's supposed to be this hockey star who's kind of just like a meathead, that character is somewhat all wrong. And no, he no, doesn't okay, look so like a meathead. I should say his character is not really a meathead. Uh, I thought he was cast well. Obviously, he directed, so he's going to make it. But right. So I read the book, and they stay true. I don't mind because this is kind of the smarter. He, he's like the leader of this misfit gang of bank robbers. And that's why the florist leans so heavily on them is because he can trust Ben Affleck, but right. Uh, and it, uh, without any spoilers, um, it ends differently in the book. If I remember right, but Spoiler anyways, alert, he dies in the book. Yeah, that's the, how I remember the, it. The florist kills him. Okay. Cause um, I, I looked it up and it said they tried to do that um, in this movie uh, and the first viewings uh, did not go well. Oh, the audience they, didn't like yeah, it. They, didn't, they, didn't they wanted like, their happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. So they ended I, up going with. Uh, but I think I'd have gone. I think it serves the story better to to go with how they did it. No, how I if he would have died. Really? Yeah. The whole movie, I'm like, it, there's no way they get out of this situation. And then at the end, it felt kind of like he's just standing there watching everything unfold from two feet away, and then walks away. And Nobody like, sees him. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think he, he should have died because, I mean, that's your tone of the movie throughout this whole thing. No, is there, not really. Is, not really. Because I understand yeah, why they did it. I, I, you, I you get have it. That whole like, redemptive storyline and that glimmer of she's his little chance at redemption and his, his entire thing he clings to for hope of changing his life. I will say, I understand what you're saying, Steve. But the one of the central themes of this movie is redemption mm -hmm. and and making up for your past mistakes, and that he has some very beautiful lines, especially to the florist, about like if this goes wrong or if anything happens, like I'm gonna come back and kill you, and like it's 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 tying a bow without mm -hmm. being heavy handed. I I dude I love. So I don't mind it. I'm just kind of a sucker for, you know. If that's the way it needs to end, I, I guess I wouldn't mind either way. I just would lean toward the bad. I'm not. Ending. I'm not saying that it, it was a it was a terrible ending. It, I mean, it was it, it was a good ending. But I'm saying, I think for me, him dying would have done more for this movie. I mean, it probably would have gotten hell of a lot lower scores. Yeah. But for me, I think it would have got a better score. Well, okay, so let's let's uh, we jumped off the tracks there a bit. Let's go back to acting because we touched on John Hamm and Blake Lively and how much. Let's let's that... talk about uh, the number one actor in this movie, um, Jeremy Renner. Yes, uh, yep. he's he's fantastic in this movie. Everything about him in this movie, his his lines, his delivery. I think his accent was really good. The um, way he says things, and sometimes even not saying something, just the way he acts. I mean, they establish who these guys are and, and what these characters are like with the first few lines and the first few looks yeah. in the movie. And it, I mean, he's an awful guy, but is such a good character and so well done. Um, I think Affleck was fine. I don't know. I mean, whatever. He, was, he, he was serviceable, but uh, could it be that Jeremy Renner's performance kind of 
made him look worse? Oh, I think uh, I think Jeremy Renner outshined everybody in this. I mean, even uh, I can't think of that. Rebecca Hall, even she was very good in this. Yeah, she had to play more of kind of the weepy victim than I would have liked to see, but uh, she was good. But Jeremy Renner, man, was that this is two movies where I, and I had seen this one before, but you watch this and you're like, I really underappreciated what Jeremy Renner did in these earlier movies. And then even uh, wind river, he was, he carried the movie. I think I don't give him enough credit. I, I think for you, it's, he was Hawkeye and Marvel for so long that you're just like, yep. Oh, he, he's not a good actor. Well, I mean, okay, let's, let's not <laughs> pretend like everything he does is gold. I mean, yeah. he was in that tag movie. Yeah. That was, <laughs> but I, I mean, that's like every, actor. Yeah. they, they have their downs, but I mean, Jeremy Renner's got some pretty good movies. Well, and I think what, uh, he was also uh, rumored when they put him in the Mission Impossible movies and he was supposed to take over that franchise and then he yeah. just, it didn't fit. And then he was supposed to take over a Bourne franchise and he's just not meant for those kind of roles. So I think that's where my misconception of his abilities come from. But he was dang good. Um, I mean, we've hit on acting. Uh, one of the things that really stands out in this movie is the action scenes, uh, whether it be the driving scenes or the shootouts, um, that last shootout scene at uh, Fenway Park um, Dude, is nuts. Yeah, all of the action in this movie mm-hmm. is filmed impeccably. Especially, it makes it feel very tight when they're when they're in the the second heist, I believe it is, with the, the nun masks. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. And, and through the little the narrow streets and tight turns and, and cars in their way and then mm-hmm. i mean it's like and the just the, how it shows their actions and what they do without telling you anything but it's also clear why they're doing what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and uh it, I, even in the shootout in the in in fenway park when you know just little things like when he sees the reflection of the mirror of the the assault team coming to get, and he just he doesn't say anything. He just shoots. And then everybody knows what's going on and, and what they have to do. Yep. So I think it's yep. that's the way to handle action. I feel like some movies telegraph, well, they'll show that. And then the actor will say something like, mm-hmm. oh, no, they're coming. They're coming. Everybody get ready. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, that was so in character for Jeremy Renner to see it and shoot first. That's the type of guy he is. Uh-huh. Shoot first, ask questions later. It's like, mm-hmm. So I, I thought the action was was handled really well. And it uh, again, it kept the characters in line with who they were the entire movie. The way they acted outside of the action scenes and inside of the action scenes, they were the same characters. Well, it, even on top of that, that whole last action scene leading up to, spoiler alert, Renner's death in this movie, it's just kind of like, Holy hell. I mean, he even mentions it. If, if, if things go bad, he's going to end up getting shot by the cops because he's not going to go back to jail. Yep. And he's sitting there and he's like, just throw down your weapon. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> just, just the perfect line for him. Yeah. It was just like, man, yeah. that's great. And, and you like, and then he takes a swig of just this pop that's sitting yeah. on, the, on the ground. <laughs> Like it was just like, well, I know I'm going out, might as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. It, I I don't know if he alluded to it earlier in the movie, but I, it's like better to be taken out by the police than than rot in prison again. He, he definitely, and there were conversations between him and Affleck that were 
so good just mm-hmm. when like when they get in the fight when affleck's trying to get out and then we find out that the reason renner went to jail for murder yes because he, he killed a guy that was uh going to kill ben affleck and affleck tells him i didn't ask you to do that and the response is so perfect for the character he said you don't you didn't have to that's the point it's yeah. like he did nine years for murder because he was protecting this guy his brother like their relationship in this movie is is solid and well, it never fell out of no i'm saying the way yeah. it's handled throughout it's it's right. not like something feels out of place when they have this argument or when they right. I mean, obviously they're dysfunctional i'm not saying or <laughs> well, and i don't think this movie gets enough credit because like i don't think it'll ever come up with like the best movie quotes of all time but one of my favorite quotes from this movie yep. is like i know what you're gonna say yeah he's, he's like you we're gonna go beat some people up you yep. can't ask any <laughs> he questions he comes to the door he says i need your help we're gonna hurt people you can't yep. ask me questions about it and Renner's response, <laughs> perfect, says, whose car are we taking? <laughs> Nothing I mean, else. <laughs> I mean, that 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 line is, I've, I've seen it on TikTok many a times. It's very popular. And like you said, the delivery of it is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that scene also serves as a pivotal point between these characters. Like, mm-hmm. not between these, like, yes, between these characters, but between uh, Renner and the audience because you kind of get the sense that he's a little crazy. You've heard the story about murder and then you see him blast the guy twice in the kneecaps and you're like, Oh dude, this dude is off his wagon. Oh, this yeah. guy's nuts. He shows him his face. It's uh-huh. like, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's just the type of character he is. He doesn't think about the consequences as he's doing these idiotic things. And then uh, even the conversation they have, uh, I think it's in Renner's kitchen or wherever when Affleck's trying to tell him he doesn't want to do the next job. And he's got very valid reasons about, you know, this uh, Captain America wannabe driver. He's like, he, he tucks his pants into his combat boots. He's like, let's wait for the, the, the fat guy with the untucked shirt and then rob it. And it's like, and, and Renner doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, this, this movie has a very, very solid script. Like, and, and editing, like we talked about, they might have, when he, when Renner just starts shooting in the Fenway scene, that could have been an editing thing, you know, like Ben Affleck, the script could have said, say this line. And the editor was like, no, I'm taking this out. So I like, none of it feels forced. It it, it works front to back very well in this film. And they didn't rush the relationship which could have hurt the movie the relationship between affleck Uh and the bank manager because it started out as just a kind of a surveillance thing and then they got to know each other and it never became like this swept off of our feet love at first sight thing it was just felt more natural than it could have yeah well i mean and on top of that like the relationship with John Hamm and Ben Affleck. Cause like they've have verbal spars basically, you know what I mean? And it, it all felt like it came together very well, you know? And actually I looked up guys first three movies. Oh, some directors. This. yeah. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, there's a man, a uh, little, little less known by the name of Steven Spielberg. Mm, never heard of him. I'll have to look him up. Yep. His first movie, Sugarland Express, not amazing. Still a good movie. We reviewed it we on the show. We reviewed that one. Yeah. But follows it up with Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Who has a better filmography? Well, okay. So that's 
And Spielberg never stopped from there. Right. So. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm just saying we, we talked about first. out of those first three, which, right. which do I like more and which would I revisit more Affleck's first three, which are right. better. I don't know. Right. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to, to think about. Because yeah. that's yeah. not, not only are they good movies from Affleck, they're interesting to me. They're not these artsy fartsy. This is a bank robbery movie. Right. And right, Gone Baby right. Gone's about a, a trying to find a kidnapped child. And well, I, th- I, th- I think I think the rewatchability of those three movies against each other is a little different. Like Jaws. I mean, dude, we I've watched yeah. Jaws like a million times. I think that one out of the three of Spielberg's gets the pass of rewatchability. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you that, but like. How many times are you going to watch Sugarland Express and how many times are you going to watch Close Encounters? Close Encounters, I'll never watch again. I mean, I like the movie and it's good, but it's long and slow. Yes, yes. Uh, Not not too interesting. Now now the Coen brothers, guys. Blood Simple, Raising Arizona. Which is very good. uh, And Miller's Crossing. Okay, so I do like all three of those. Again, I would watch Affleck's movies before those. It's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, I think, think I like Coen Brothers' later movies more than even those early ones. Right. I mean, yeah, B- Blood Simple, is, it's a good movie, but I think I'm with Aaron. The Affleck's movies are are better in these, the first three. Yeah. Uh, the last one I looked up, um, and I'm going to give him pass a pass on his first movie that he directed because it's like an hour and nine minutes. So I don't really count that as a full feature. But Christopher Nolan, guys, mm. Memento insomnia and then batman begins okay so even his hour and nine minutes i think you're talking about following yeah which is still very good is it insomnia is okay that's the one with uh oh god why can't i think of it it's al pacino and then the uh, robin williams right is that Mm, martin donovan Maybe I'm thinking of the Billy wrong insomnia. Swank. Oh no, it looks like Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah Robin Williams. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know. I still think I go Affleck for rewatchability. See, well, right, and that, that's that's not to say that like people can't strike with the iron really hot right away, right? And then maybe not. Right. Well, and all of this also his following movie, Live by Night, was meh. Right. So it's not like you, right? Infallible. It's just that's that's an incredible start. Yeah. I mean, if, well, if you, you want to talk about first movies from people, you could talk about uh, what's the guy that did Hereditary. Yeah. I mean, Ari Aster. His, Ari Aster. His first movie, Hereditary, is fantastic. Probably but then one Midsummer of our. is just kind of. Eh. So, I mean, first movies, I mean. The only one I would, you want to talk about newer actors, uh, uh, directors, and I think you talked about him when you were talking about his house, but Robert Eggers with, and he wouldn't rank up there with a lot of people because most people don't like The Witch. I loved it. The Lighthouse, a lot of people didn't care for. I loved mm-hmm. it. And we'll see what his next one is. But um, anyway, I, I, I wish. Affleck would kind of put aside his acting career. Maybe he doesn't want to. That's his own thing. But I wish he would just sure. direct more. Well, or, or even write because he. You got to remember, he wrote Goodwill Hunting in 1998 with, ben, mm-hmm. with Matt Damon. With Matt Damon. So you know that he's a very.
capable writer director. So I does he have anything coming out soon? Yeah, but it's not something I was too. I looked it up after I watched this. It wasn't something I was too interested in seeing. I think he has three in the works, at least according to IMDb, that um, that weren't uh, something I was too. Ghost Army and Witness for the Prosecution. Okay, so that one might be okay. That's a uh, witness for the prosecution's based on um, Agatha Christie novel. Ghost Army, I don't know what that is. Ghost Army is it's only in pre-production, but it's the U.S. form uh, the U.S. military forms a squadron of unconventional recruits to trick the German army during World War II into thinking these outposts were uh, actually only mannequins and, and inflatable tanks. Okay, so. By the description, not too interesting, but I thought the same thing about Argo. So yeah, Ar- dude, Argo is a fascinating story, especially in like today's political climate, uh, especially like overseas and stuff like that. With what's happening in like the Middle East, it's very interesting. It's very, I would be curious. Uh, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but editing. I would be curious if Affleck has the same editor for his for those first three movies we've we've talked about because all of those movies establish this feel and hold it throughout and that has to a lot of it has to be attributed to the editing because to hold that type of tension in in the town even during the slow parts you feel that it's like this noose tightening around his neck so good and and in Argo the same thing from start to finish it's tense so I'd be curious if it's the same I don't know if you're looking it up but anyways Mm -hmm. we don't give editing enough credit for for the outcome of the movie right we do not um it does not look like it's the same editor for the town between the other two but this guy has done a lot of really good movies his name is dylan tishner i think that's how you say it nominated for two oscars this guy has done movies such as magnolia unbreakable the royal tenenbaums broke back the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Jeez. Ford. There will be blood. The town. Zero Dark Thirty. Triple Nine. Holy cow! That's a uh, big list. That's yeah, and there. I mean, there. I even skipped over some. Those were the ones that, like, I recognized. Those are so, a lot of big name movies. Yeah, by a lot of of really well known good directors. Uh, I'm looking up the editor for Gone Girl. And this one is Kirk Baxter. Gone Girl. Gone Baby Gone. Affleck didn't direct that. Oh, he was only in it. You're right. Yeah. Gone Girl was... Uh, right, right. Yep. Uh, David Fincher. Yeah. I, I was at um, his filmography, and it was like up at the top. So that's apologies. Um, so Gone Baby Gone was William Goldenberger or something like that. Argo was... I'm looking it up. Same guy, William Goldenberg. So same for those two. Interesting. Different for this one. But cool. also, all good. Also edited on a few of the same movies, like Zero Dark Thirty. He's on. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Look at that. Anyways, um, yeah. back to the town. Anything else we want yes. to bring up? Now, for me, that's it. I think we talked about Renner being good we talked about uh the action scenes that's pretty much where i'm at mike um no i i think 
I think aside from that, the heists themselves were very well thought out from like a not only like a movie standpoint, but like a real world application standpoint. I think some of the getaways are a little far fetched, which whatever it's a movie, but the fact that they throw bleach everywhere and they you see them scrubbing up in the shower beforehand and stuff like the visuals very yeah. much enhance and tell the story of how these guys are able to do these heists and get away with them. And we didn't mention, there's not much to mention about it, the soundtrack, except for the fact that it stayed out of the way, really. Yeah. Like it was even during a lot of the action scenes, there wasn't a soundtrack or it was so subtle. You didn't even hear it because yep. it was just the sounds of what was happening, which I think was awesome. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like we praise the soundtrack, but I praise the decision to keep it minimal. I mean, we talk about that in numerous movies is sometimes when you don't notice the soundtrack is when it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's helping the movie. Whereas sometimes you need the soundtrack to kind of build that tension. But I think how this movie flows, it's able to build the tension by itself without using music. Yep. Definitely. Right. Right. Um, are you guys ready to rate it? Yep. All right. Um, I will, I will go first just to get this out of the way. I'm going to give this movie an eight and a half. Um, for all the reasons that we've, we've already talked about, I really like it. This isn't a movie though, that I come back to revisit often for some reason. It's, I, I always praise it every time I watch it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm in the mood for it. So eight and a half. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you in an eight and a half. Uh, Jeremy Renner is fantastic. The directing in this is great. Um, like we said, the action scenes and all that uh, eight and a half. All right. Yep. Karen. I actually, before I even came on to here, I wrote it down. I'm at the same um, wow. because there are a few things that stop this from being, you know, nine plus some of the acting. There's very little to complain about as far as story and directing and just final product, except for a few of the acting performances that just kind of grind on mm -hmm. me, but yeah, eight and a half. All right. So uh, final score, got to do some math. I guess. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> eight and a half. Uh -huh. uh, let's play a quick little game of pop quiz. Uh, this or the town. Mm-hmm. Which one? Which moving which on? One? Yep. This <laughs> or Goodwill Hunting? Oh, you know, I might go Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams. I, I say this every time, but that might be my favorite performance ever. Yeah, I'd say Goodwill Hunting for the same reason. Yeah, agreed. Same exact score that we gave it cumul cumulatively. This or The Fly? This. This, this or Darkest Hour? Which one that's was that? that's uh, Winston Churchill, right? Yep. Oh, that was surprisingly good. Was I think I really watched this one though. I I I think that acting performance is superior, but this is a better movie. This or Goodfellas? Mm, this. I say tough, this, but well. I say this. I say Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas, but this is a really good movie yeah. to me. Um, this or Take Shelter? Hmm. For me, it's Take Shelter. Um, God, why can't I think of his name? Michael Shannon. Yeah, mm -hmm. Michael Shannon is fantastic. That's in that such movie. a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I personally have seen it a lot, so I'd probably watch The Town. This or Zodiac? That's just a for time, movie. I might go. Isn't that almost three hours long? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I'm three say, plus. I'm going <laughs> to say this because of that movie so yeah. long. Yeah. This or Unbreakable? That. 
that unbreakable is fantastic uh this or seven psychopaths that seven psychopaths so good this or fargo mm. i'm gonna say this this i think i go fargo although fargo is only like an hour and a half long right this or last one we'll do this or the truman show this all right. uh, back to rewatchability. I wanted to. If you want a movie with some rewatchability, Seven Psychopaths <laughs> is that movie. I yeah. think. I mean, as far as comedies, that and Tropic Thunder. I think yeah. I could watch every day of my life, and it would be a long time before I get sick of watching it, dude. Well, and I think like those writers, like Ben yes. Stiller, is such a good comedic writer that like you could find something that like, oh my god, I never realized that this joke was in here. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Love those movies. Um, so 8.5 for The Town. Join us this week, next week. I don't I know when. I think this yeah. week sometime. Yeah. We, we we recording. We missed last week. So sorry about that, everybody. But we're recording two weeks worth of movies this week. So we might just have two episodes in one week. Or we'll spread it out. So who knows? Join us for The Sound of Metal in our next episode. Yep. Anything else, guys? Nope. That's it. All right. Someone on the show. Tell your friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. You're a... Sir, I said good day. Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Movie Review Crew Podcast. Remember to find us online on your favorite social media apps and go to our website, moviereviewcrew.com. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.